Hello and welcome to the very first episode of That Adult Feel. Your 20s are an odd time for you. You have a lot of responsibilities, but you don't have a lot of respect. You still don't feel like a real adult, and you're not quite sure when that's going to happen. This podcast is about that in-between feeling and those in-between years. I'm your host, Jez. I am a public librarian, an internet wizard, and the admin of howtogrowthefuckup.com. So stick around, because this week we will be introducing ourselves, getting a feel for the podcast, and just generally diving into what life in your 20s is going to feel like. The point of this podcast is to give you an overall feel of what your 20s are really going to be like. I run How to Grow the Fuck Up, and I write all these guides about how to find an apartment, how to write a resume, how to do your laundry by yourself, and those are all really important, but they're only part of being an adult. There are parts where you're still going to watch cartoons, and you're going to have nachos for dinner one night because you're just too tired to make anything bigger. On this podcast, I will have a rotating cast of characters, all of my friends who are in their 20s or early 30s, um, talking about life in their 20s and life in their teens and how that has changed since. So I am joined today for our first episode ever by two guests. Uh, If you follow the blog, you know them as a real-life couple living together. And now we are recording. (laughs) Welcome to the news. Uh, This is Joe and Tony. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Hi! Hello! We are ourselves! I know our names are both, can be kind of confusing who's who. I'm Joe Heath. I'm Tony Heath. We had someone introduce us once and then went, oh, yeah, I guess either one of them could be Joe or Tony, and then they had to reintroduce us. There's someone who lives at our apartment that calls me Tony, and I'm too awkward to correct her. (laughs) So, tell me how old you are, because this is probably the only podcast where age actually matters. And then tell me, like, a sentence or two about yourselves. <laughs> okay, I... Do you know how old you are? I'm thinking. I am 26, probably. Wait, am I 25? No, you're 26. I'm 26. <laughs> okay. We are both 26 years old. We are 26 years old. And uh, I am a f- aspiring filmmaker mm-hmm. who's been in a couple of festivals here and there. I also do a podcast with my lovely wife about Doctor Who. I'm 26. I hate having to talk about myself because I don't do things that are interesting. Well, I run, I help run uh, the Watchathon of Rassilon. I help run uh, Boobs Don't Work That Way. That's, those are the two reasons why you would probably know me. I help film things. That's, that's what I do for a living. <laughs> well, I am also, by the time this airs, 26. Happy birthday! Happy future (laughs) birthday, also in the past birthday. Time's weird. Alright, so, since this is the introductory episode, and you just somewhat introduced yourselves, if someone you knew was going to introduce you to a total stranger, or talk about you as a stranger, how would you want them to describe you? What sort of things would you want them to point out about you? Um, This is a person you can trust with all of your money. How has that worked out for you so far? Uh, not at all. Because no one's introduced me that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing. That's the only flaw on that plan. I'll try next time. Next time you're on a guest, we'll introduce you that way. <laughs> <laughs> I just want people to introduce me as 
um, an adorable badass. That's it. Those two things. End of list. And that's super accurate. I'm kind of surprised no one's done that already. <laughs> I've, I've been called it once before, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I love it. See, now everyone just calls me mom now. I think I'm going <laughs> in the opposite direction. I have some people that introduce me as, this guy makes really cool videos, which is nice, because, but then nobody watches them. <laughs> Like, we just know that they're cool, probably. And a lot of people know me as, oh, yeah, you're the guy who makes videos. And, like, none of them watch them. <laughs> but they know that I make them. So that's something. They know you. Your name is out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm okay with people introducing me as the guy who makes videos. That's, like, I like being known as that guy. And if you could have any job, what would your ideal job be? What's, like, the ultimate thing to print on your business card? Adorable badass. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have no idea. I don't have a good answer for this question because I have no idea what I want to be when I grow up. I'm still working on it. And therein lies the problem of our 20s. <laughs> That's what this podcast is about. Joe knows. I know what I want to, I, yeah, I know what I want to be. I've known since I was like a kid and it's gotten more specific as time's grown on. Just for my own curiosity, what is that like? Well, I mean, for, I guess for you, you have options. I know what I want to do, and it's really hard to get there. That's why it's called work. Yeah. So, I mean, it might be a little more liberating to be like, I can do anything. But I'm like, I want to do this specific thing, and, like, not completely getting there is frustrating. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I genuinely believe I can do anything. Mm -hmm. But, like, I just know that you have to put in the time and effort, and it's like, uh, when I find the thing that I want to do that, I will be amazing. The problem with not knowing what you want to do is that you're also overwhelmed by possibilities. Yeah, I could do anything at any point in time. There's very, very few limits, and that's terrifying. So uh, mm. I just am going to stay in bed and watch TV. Like Before I figured out what I wanted to do, it was this idea of, well, I could do that, but is that going to prevent me from doing something else later? Like, what if I want to do something else instead? Yeah. Is it going to be a problem that I'm doing this? <laughs> I feel, I mean, when you figured out, were, did you just know? Were you like, yeah, this is clearly what I've been looking for. This is it. I'm done. Okay, here, so here's the stupid thing about me. Okay. <laughs> this is probably going to ruin a lot of my credibility. For this podcast, on the first episode, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting right Good to job. the heart of things. That's what I do. So I volunteered a lot in libraries when I was younger. Uh, it was right down the street from us, so we were there a lot, and we... I did a lot of work there, and then I went to school, and I became an English major, and while I was in college, I decided, you know, I really want to be a librarian. That sounds okay. It wasn't something I, like, needed to do. It was just like, hey, that's a thing you can do with an English major. <laughs> that works with books. I'll do that. And I applied to one school, only one, and they rejected me. Aww. Yeah, and then I'm just like, you know what, maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I'll do something else instead. Like, I gave up way too quickly. And you, anyone listening, you should definitely apply to more than one school <laughs> at any time. Uh, and you should not give up after one rejection. I kept working for a while. I, I had my other plan was like, oh, I'll just keep being a receptionist. Like, I'll be a medical receptionist. That's something I want to do. And I did that, and it was terrible. That's something you wanted to do? <laughs> it was the worst. And then I realized, hey, I don't want to do this. That was my, like, 
the only the, the only epiphany I've ever had of like what I want to do with my life, and it was when I was working at Schnooks, and I was like, well, it's not this. Yeah. <laughs> so I better start taking my school more seriously. So you can eliminate things. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right, it's not this. Don't know what it is, but it's not this. Sometimes that's the only way to figure it out. Most people don't know as when they're a child like Joe did. It's just, I'm going to do these things, and we'll see what happens. It is. It is nice that kind of, I can just try... Whatever I want. It's going to be awesome. You hope. (laughs) Oh, and in case people didn't figure it out, I want to make movies and TV shows and anything sort of visually entertaining. (laughs) Except reality, unless it pays well enough. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I started out wanting to just act when I was a kid. And then it just sort of more became... I couldn't be in videos and I had no way to really be in videos. So I was like, I'll just make them. So I started writing them and getting my dad to help me write them and then I just started sort of started making videos and then it's, I sort of realized I like the actual making part too so I've I've since spread out and now sort of honed in on like I I think I'm pretty good at writing whereas I used to not really care like about writing or anything but now it's like the stories and everything is what excites me more so than say acting but I will still act if people want to put me in stuff <laughs> I, I, I specifically would like to do writing and creating, uh, like, I'd like to run a TV show, like, be a showrunner, or to, like, write a movie and or and direct a movie, but, like, I am open to anything in the <laughs> entertainment. any jobs. In, yeah, I will, I will screw in light bulbs, so, if, as long as it's facing Tom Cruise. So you're just as open as Tony is. Yeah. You just, just have, you just have, like, a general life direction you're just a little bit more specific to a field yeah and it's oh, uh, and, nice. and it would hopefully lead to the specific thing i'd want to do which is run a show or make a movie or both and that is definitely what your 20s are about <laughs> <laughs> these are your hustle years i'm tired already <laughs> i was born tired you're born ready to take a nap i was i mean literally i was so you've been in your 20s since you were born? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I mean, your 20s are kind of like being a baby again. That's true. You're just tired all the time. You're hungry all the time. You want someone to take care of you. I don't understand why no one will take care of me, and it makes me upset every day. You kind of have to, like, learn things again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but, like, you have to learn things again, but, like, this time you're, you have to do it on your own. Like, no one's here to call my doctor for me and schedule my appointments. Yeah. This doesn't seem right. (laughs) Someone should be doing that. Problem is we're just not as cute anymore, and we're not as portable anymore. Uh, she's still, Tony's still pretty, pretty pretty cute. cute. That's true. Way less portable. I remember that. I was thinking about this the other day, that I'm like, I was trying to like pinpoint the age, like the the time where you figured out that you were like too heavy to carry anymore, mm-hmm. and how like heartbreaking that was. Where you're like, it doesn't matter how long I pretend to be asleep, I have to get myself out of this car. I'll carry you. I don't care. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> I feel like that's true to a point, but within the last year, people have offered to carry me places. Well, you're still plenty portable. <laughs> yeah, you are, like, super tiny. This is true. The internet doesn't fully know this. You could basically fit Jez in your pocket. Jez is the size of a small child, um, roughly <laughs> two to three years old. <laughs> that might not even be accurate, because 
My nephew is about 10 months old, and he is already half of my height. But he is just a giant baby, so I feel like that's unfair. See? We are not even exaggerating. Jez, if you fall asleep in the car, I, I will take you. I will take you inside. <laughs> okay. I say the next time we meet up, we get Jez in like a, what are they called, a papoose? <laughs> You're going to carry me around Omaha? Yeah. yeah. Excellent. This works out well for me, so. <laughs> I, bet, I, I bet, okay, t- uh, you get a papoose, Chris gets a papoose, it's just papoosing all over the place. You guys are just going to be our parents? Yeah. That is, that is the opposite of how that will play out. <laughs> That's probably true. It's like an inverse thing. Tony and I are probably the more immature, childish ones, and you and Chris are the more adult ones, but like physically, <laughs> you guys we are would... more childlike and we are more adult. <laughs> yeah. We would carry you around as our children and then ask you what to do. <laughs> and that works out really well for me then. <laughs> I mean, the last time we you visited us, uh, we went to the library and I basically asked you to talk to the librarian for me because I was too scared. That actually did happen. I was trying to convince Joe to go ask a very simple question. I don't remember what it was. It was something very small. And I just, he wouldn't do it. So I just walked over and did it for him. It's a constant fight we have. Yeah. Like if we're out somewhere and we have to ask questions like, no, you do it. I did it last time. I don't want to talk to any more people. We're both the worst. <laughs> So other than being a baby and being the worst, what else are your 20s about? Because I have a lot of teens message me on how to grow the fuck up um, that are completely terrified. Like, they think their lives are just going to end when they hit 18, and then they have to start all over with something else. It's oddly not at all different and very different at the same time. Like, I don't feel any different. I just feel more confused and lost. (laughs) You just accept that you're confused and lost. Yeah. I mean, I feel like inherently I'm the same person, and I don't feel like I've... But that's the problem. I don't feel like I'm 20. I still feel like I'm a kid. That is a bit of a problem. You have to learn to deal with certain things that you never had to deal with before. I think, for me, every time I think about someone being afraid to grow up, I think about that um, XKCD comic with the ball pit. Yes. It's a couple, and, and I think... The girl, no, the guy comes home and he's like, why is our apartment a ball pit? And he's like, because being an adult means that you get to make your own choices. And Mm -hmm. I've decided that my choice is to make my apartment a ball pit. And it's like, you don't have to give anything up. It's actually you have the freedom to to decide what it is that you want to do and what's important to you and do it. It's just the terrifying part is the same thing. (laughs) You have the freedom to do whatever you want to do and also the responsibility and the consequences. So with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and with some of that responsibility, you may have to cut back a bit on the things you like, but you still can enjoy the things you like. You can still watch the TV shows you like. You just may get to, you may get less time to watch it, but then you enjoy it more because you're like, this is a special thing. Yes. So like, you still get to do all the fun, stupid things you did as a kid. I could just give you like a list of all the childish things I do. Go ahead. (laughs) The three main things that Joe and I are watching right now are all cartoons. Me too. Yes. Steven Universe, Gravity Falls, Bojack Horseman. Uh, Although (laughs) Bojack Horseman is not a kid's cartoon. I'm just saying. I was about to say, one of those things is not like the other. I spent the entire weekend watching cartoons. I finished like five different shows. I mean, finished. We just finished over the Garden Walls recently. Oh yeah, we did. I did too. Over the weekends. I have three different coloring books. Nice. That yes. I carry around with me. It's really relaxing. I'm hosting a program in the fall that's all about 
um, adult coloring books for 20 and 30-somethings, and teens are not going to be allowed. <laughs> That's amazing. Tony and I quite frequently play Lego Star Wars. We do play Lego Star Wars. We also have uh, Nerf swords. That we hit each other with. The Nerf Excellent. swords have kind of... We haven't used them in a while because they're intense. It <laughs> says not to hit people with them. But we do. But, like, what's the point if you don't? Right. And they're really... That's big. where this bruise came from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're broad swords. And they're really... It's really satisfying to just smack somebody with them. Yeah. But it also we, really hurts. <laughs> we do we do follow the, the guideline that says not to hit animals with it because that would be bad. What? That'd Why would protein. that even come up? It says don't hit people or animals. Is that, is that like the and instructions we're like, that well, came we'll with the sword? Well, we'll follow that. Yeah, it's, it's printed on the sword. I've never, I've never read the instructions. Maybe myself. that's just the name of the sword. Don't hit animals or people. <laughs> or people. The sword. So yeah, that's all the childish stuff that like we still do. And then also, I make puns all the time. This is true. We recently drove from St. Louis to Chattanooga, and we had you know we were able to stop along the way and plan our own trip. Yeah, that's not something you can do when, unless you're sort of in your twenties. We're gonna have an episode about that. I didn't tell you that yet. You're gonna be in it. <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. Okay. We are taking a trip from Chicago to Omaha. And we're going to drive there, and Tony found a lot of really cool places for us to stop along the way. And I'm just going to record things along the way. It's all about how when you're an adult, you get to make your own vacations, and they get to be fun again. We're doing it as an episode? I'm excited! Nice. <laughs> and not only, like, do we get to make our own road trips, we also get to see stupid stuff along the way. Like, we went to the world's largest ketchup bottle. No one else <laughs> in my family would have stopped with me to do that. Oh, my sister would. You get to do cool, fun stuff like that. You get to uh, transfer <laughs> your childishness into adult things. Yeah, you just get to decide what's important to you. The only downside is then you have to pay for your own trips. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty huge downside. Unless you're like one of those like writers for some magazine. They're like, we need you to go on this trip and write about it. Get that job. That would be a nice job for me right now. <laughs> And then you, like, eat weird food along the way. That, okay, wait. I want to change my answer to ideal job. I would love to do, like, tour the country and eat food and, like, review it. Because then you would just go around. Mm -hmm. You would just travel, eat food, and get paid. That's a great job. That would be ideal. I don't know. I just ate the entire bowl of macaroni and cheese we made last <laughs> night, and I fell off. Yeah, I don't know why you did that. Because there is macaroni and cheese in a bowl, and I'm not going to let that go to waste. I understand. Like, the serving size for macaroni and cheese is however much there is. Yes, it's true. It's it's an invitation and a challenge. Because my birthday is coming up, I'm getting all this free stuff from all birthday clubs I joined. That's my favorite. Noodles and Company gave me a like a bowl of pasta, and it's huge. And I just got it right before I came here. I'm so Tony's excited. always like reading me like. You know this is like a serving size for like five people and we just ate it. And I'm like, really? Because I could eat more. I feel like we should also tell the listeners that if I am pocket sized, Joe's kind of a giant. Yes, I'm nine foot tall, 830 pounds. That's exactly why they're perfect size for Joe to carry Jez around in a papoose. Yeah. So Joe, you and I should have a reality show. That's how you can become famous. Jez and the giant? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Gentle Joe, because I, I would be the giant with a heart of gold. Yeah. Of course. I would watch the shit out of that. I'd be like Fezzik or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anybody want a peanut? 
What is the worst thing about your 20s? I feel like we touched on this a little bit. Being almost 30. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish you would quit using those words. What, almost 30? We're me. nearing 30. Why? I'm going to come back and interview you in four years when you turn 30 and see what has changed. I want to talk about... I don't know. It's never bothered me. Like, the idea of getting older has never bothered me before. I mean, I guess it's because I was young. <laughs> but now all of a sudden it's like... Time's moving really fast. Really fast. So fast. It moves a lot faster as you get older. I don't feel like teens understand that quite so much. But it makes sense. It's because you're hurtling towards oblivion. Well, it's also like when you're five years old, one year is a fifth of your life. That's 20%. Yeah. Now, you know, the older you get, the shorter one year seems because you have to compare it to everything else you've already been through. So time seems to move faster. What I hate is like you have to do everything pretty much by yourself. Like, there's still stuff I don't know. Uh, That's like, why you keep me around. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, your car dies, and you know absolutely nothing about cars, and you're like, do I take it to my to a mechanic? And you, and you take it to a mechanic, and you're just like, oh, am I going to get screwed over? I don't know anything. I hate mechanics. I'll just be like, here's my car. Here's some money. Fix <laughs> it. How much do you need? That? Okay, here's some more. Like, I'm always, like, I'm just worried that I'm going to screw up. So that's something, like, just sort of being out there, having to deal with stuff that you've never had to deal with before. That's pretty scary. I feel like one of the worst things about being in your 20s is, I felt this a lot when I started um, my job working at the TV station, is that you are infinitely young and infinitely old at the same time. Oh, like, yes. Yeah. I was the youngest person at the station, I never, like, people would make, you know, references to the 80s and be like, do you even know what that is? That stuff still exists. It's still around. Mm -hmm. I've, I've watched it. But, like, you're the most inexperienced person there. But then also, you know, you go home and you're talking to, you know, your 16-year-old sister and you're like, I am so old. Yeah. I don't you're like, know what Snapchat is. I don't want to learn what Snapchat is. In fact, its existence makes me angry. I don't understand kids these days. <laughs> no, I don't. You're kind of like old enough for responsibilities, but not like old enough for respect. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So it's like this weird in-between state. I can't just watch TV all day. I don't have like a summer vacation where I can do whatever I want. I have to work every day and... But also, no one cares about my opinions yet. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. when you're a 50-something-year-old white man, they will care what you have to say. You have to tell me what oh, that's I that, like. I got that going for me. <laughs> All right, so what's the best thing about your 20s, then? I mean, you can do whatever you want. Like, no one can tell you no, except police, maybe. <laughs> yeah, the police can tell you no. <laughs> I feel like I still get told no a lot. Yeah. But less than before. Like, people are less likely to question me. Mm -hmm. But then when they do tell me no, they're like, why didn't you know better? I've had fruit roll-ups for breakfast. <laughs> so, like, and they're like, it's fruit. No one's here to question me. Sure, I might regret it later. <laughs> but, like, those, like, impulses you had as a child, like, there were these things that used to be sold at this uh, fruit stand that my mom always went to. And they were, like, honey sticks. And I was mm. always like, I want those. I don't know what they are, but I want them. And my mom's like, you won't like them. Don't buy them. And I was like, please buy them for me. They basically look like candy. And she would never buy them for me. 
And now they can be like, no one is stopping. I could buy all of these and no one is stopping me. I mean, I did buy them and they weren't very, I didn't like them. <laughs> but oh. that's not the point. Your 20s are also the time when you start to admit that your parents were right. Yeah. Oh, oh, another good thing about being 20 and speaking of consumables, uh, <laughs> you're totally legally allowed to buy liquor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've always, because when I was Which younger. Helps. <laughs> My family was the kind of family that, like, everyone will have a beer with dinner. And I remember, like, going to Italy and being, like, annoyed that I couldn't, like, when I came back, annoyed that I couldn't just have a glass of wine, like, at a mm. restaurant. Of course, now I understand how much a glass of wine costs at a restaurant, mm -hmm. so and I don't do it very often. <laughs> yeah, like, you can buy a wine cooler so much cheaper. That's what Joe drinks. That's my, my advice for you youngins. Cheap booze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you something scary right now. I'm afraid. <laughs> so, being 26, you are the same distance from 36 as you are from 16. Nope. I can't even comprehend what you just said. <laughs> For some reason to me, 36 seems so close. Like, that doesn't bother me. But 16 feels like it should be 100 years away from me. I'm the opposite. I'm not either. Like, it's fluctuating in my head, like, I should be 16, but also 16 was 100 years ago, but also 36 should be 100 years away. Yeah. So why does it feel so close? Yeah. Oh, another good thing about being 20 mm. is you can click, yes, I am over 18 on websites and not feel guilty. Do you ever still <laughs> feel guilty and then you realize you're not lying anymore? It's one of those things where you question yourself. Like, when you see police lights behind you, even if they're pulling someone else over, like, I know I haven't done anything wrong. But what if I just did? Like, what if I'm doing something wrong? <laughs> or it's like walking, like yeah, walking through sensors in stores. Like when you're walking yes. out, and you out know of the you haven't stolen anything, but you're still like, oh my god, if it goes what off. if I've stolen something? <laughs> I don't. I never really felt guilty clicking the 18. I felt like, hee hee hee. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. But now I still got. I'm like, hee. -he. Oh wait, I'm 26. <laughs> not as fun anymore. I'm, I'm not, not getting away with anything. <laughs> also, there's something that we haven't said that's pretty great about being 26. We have an apartment, like, mm -hmm. together. You're also legally married. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing that happened. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. What's not like, cool is people, like, very, very interested in about... When we're going to start making babies. Children. Mm -hmm. Well, people don't... It's not like people come up to you and are like, Hey, Joe, when are you going to start having babies? No, they, they come up no, to they me. No, do. they, they do. They do. <laughs> it happened today. People, like, size up my stomach and are like, Oh, uh, yeah. That looks like that's a good size for making babies. My old boss, I bumped into her today, and she was like, she's pregnant, and she's like, when are you guys going to have kids? And I'm like, eh. Mm -hmm. I don't know, man. When they don't cost a lot of money, and I get we... that question a lot. <laughs> you get that question? Oh, yeah. Well, I work with the public. Oh, right. All day mm -hmm. long. So it's either, when are you going to have a baby? Or they ask... I really hate this. They're like, oh, do you have children? I'll say no. And then automatically, my opinion means nothing. <laughs> they do not care what I have to say on any subject. You should say, I am raising children on the internet. I have thousands of children, actually. I don't have children. I have thousands of followers. <laughs> but you are teaching how to grow the fuck up, so. It's true. I'm, I'm their mom. Are you proud of them? I was going to say, I feel like I, feel like I would get mom. proud. I am huh. infinitely proud of them. That's so cute. <laughs> okay, so if you don't follow the blog, um, every Wednesday I post adulting wins where people will send me different things 
successes they've had during the week and sometimes they have to do with following the blogs and having some success with that and there was one follower who has been sending me messages like every other week updating me on her progress in her job search and she recently got a job and I am just like beyond proud of her like Aww. I have never met you I don't even know your real name I just <laughs> love you so much that's yeah. adorable I love that that's great <laughs> We just, oh, we were we, talking about people. We've been talking about the who want to know about our babies. There was something I was going to add to that. Could not afford a baby. Like that's another. That's thing what that's, I always say when people ask me, "When are you going to have a baby?" I'm like, "Where would I put it? There is nowhere well, for a baby to go." I think to begin with, you put it in your womb, <laughs> and then you put it in a room. Another weird thing about being in your twenties is that everyone's getting pregnant. Well, you're at this stage in your life where some people around you do not have their shit together at all. And then you have people near you that have, like, five-year-old children. Yeah. That's the other thing, too, is that, and everyone wants to know, how are you doing? And they want to know, like, what milestones you've hit. And you're like, mm -hmm. ah, don't, <laughs> why do you need to know? No, we haven't started having babies. No, I haven't found out what I want my career to be. Like, there's kind of, like, every time someone asks you how you're doing, it's, like, this pressure of, like, so, have you gotten your shit together yet? And you're like, mm -hmm. mostly. But, but don't ask too many questions. But we know, like, what, four people who are getting married? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, that's the thing We're... about your 20s that sucks, is you will be in so many weddings. Mm -hmm. By my wedding, I was sick of weddings. <laughs> and I feel like it comes in waves. Like, you have one, you'll have no weddings, and then you'll have one couple that gets married, and then all of a sudden, everyone is getting married. What? We were that couple. Yeah. I wonder, too, if, like, so, like, that one first couple gets married, and everyone is like, well, they did it. We must be at that age now. We must be must be time for us to get married. And Tony and I are the the, the hipster couple because we're like <laughs> we did it first, <laughs> which is bizarre to me, because like gr growing up, I was always just completely uninterested, <laughs> and I was like, if it happens, it. Ha I wasn't like against the idea, mm. but I was like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, cool. And, like, the idea that I'm, like, the first out of my group of friends is mind-blowing. <laughs> I'm just that awesome. We have so many, like, weddings coming up, though, that one wedding is trying to figure out when they're going to have their wedding so as not to interfere with a different wedding that we're going to. And we're in both of them. I'm in yeah. one, he's in the other. Which is going to be expensive because it's in the same month. Like, this is, right now, we're in the first week of August. Like, we are just getting out of busy season. Last weekend alone, I knew, like, three people who got married, and I didn't go to any of them. <laughs> All right, so even within your 20s, how much has changed for you over the last five years? I'm going to just say I'm terrible at discerning time. We both are. I don't we know We started how... dating when we were 19. Did we? Yeah. Or 20. No, what? Probably 20. Did we? Yeah. See, I don't know. I can't... I mean, okay, so I know some things have happened in the past few years i moved out of my parents i got a job for the I, first time for the first time i, I started driving <laughs> uh, you started driving you, really late can you tell that story though no i'm not gonna tell i'm not gonna All put right. that story on the internet let's just say it wasn't super legit I, okay i did nothing wrong though <laughs> the system just for once worked in your favor yeah yes. that's all you need to know that's all you need to know so before That's... we get Joe's license revoked, <laughs> Tony, would you like to say something? Oh, also, I mean, we got married, so... Yes, that's a thing. I moved in with the, this lady. I've had more than one job now. I started working, and I've had multiple jobs now. 
I started a real job. I got promoted all the way to assistant manager. I worked another job that was awful, and now I'm like in a good job that I like. Can I? So I want to tell you guys about Joe's job because he works at Barnes and Noble. I think we've previously mentioned that uh, our car being broken down. That that wasn't a hypothetical. That's a real life situation that we're currently living through. It's loads of fun. But his car broke down, and he had to call in work because I was out of town. There was nobody to drive him. And he called me and he was like, I am so disappointed because I was going to alphabetize the movies today. <laughs> and that's everything you need to know about Joe. I've also been at work and it's like time, it's closing time and I was alphabetizing something. And I was like, oh, I didn't finish. You are a man after my own heart, Joseph Heath. <laughs> oh, not only like work-wise have I progressed, but like filmmaking-wise I've progressed. I've yeah. been in festivals. I've never been in festivals before, but I've been in like the Chattanooga Film Festival. I've been in a film festival in California. So I've like progressed. You have a network now too. I know. He's got, you know, a handful of, of actors. When he first started out, it was, you know, his best friend and his family and we're filming stuff. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, we know two, three, four actors that we can call who'll be like, yeah, I want to work with Joe. You know, working with Joe is awesome. <laughs> I've boomed a bit in the past few years. Yeah. What about you? Um, nothing is the same at all. Um, <laughs> I graduated college. I got a degree in mass communication. I moved out to the middle of nowhere, Chattanooga. Middle of nowhere, Chattanooga? <laughs> I mean, for a city, it's pretty middle of the nowhere. I started working at, I started interning at a television station. Um, they liked me, so they hired me on. And then I, I master control, I got promoted from that job. I started working in creative services. Lost that job. <laughs> Yeah. And now I am looking for a new job. Nothing is the same. It's, it's all completely different. <laughs> we both sort of follow a similar trajectory, though, of our, like, career. Like, we were working a job and we progressed. And then I quit. You lost your job. I just got out of my second act, second act dip a little bit before you did. You need... You're, you're about to get I'm into about your third to, Fingers act. crossed. Yeah. Um, things are things are looking positive. But I, th I think you're about three seconds away from a job rushing into the airport to stop you from going away. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it is it's it's weird. It's a weird progression of things. Because sometimes I wake up and I'm like, how did I get in this apartment in Chattanooga? Like <laughs> that's mostly my fault. I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> a little bit. But I mean, you did get a job in the field you were looking for here, so mm -hmm. which is something I'm. I'm pretty proud of. Now you have experience. It's not easy to stay in your field straight out of college. It's not easy um, to get in your field straight out of college. Right. But that's something that I was super proud of, and it, it helps now to say, yeah, I've got two, three years of experience working in broadcast. You know what the weirdest thing for me um, about to turn 26 hmm. is I now have 10 years of customer service experience. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I think it's even actually technically longer. <laughs> That's longer than I've been alive. I mean, I have probably like 10 years of customer avoidance. <laughs> <laughs> That's more or less the same thing. I don't think you do because you didn't get a job till you That's were 20. True. Yeah. Um, He's avoided everyone before that. He didn't get paid for it. <laughs> You've had 26 years of avoiding people. Yeah. Even that, when you were a baby. That's another thing of my dream job list that we were talking about earlier. Just something that... I don't have to deal with customers. That would be nice. I will say, I remember we were, I was working on a job with one of my friends. We were setting videos up. And she just kind of looked at me and she's like, does it ever weird you out that like, 
we're the professionals. She's the only other 20-something in the department. She's like, Does, do you ever just, like, like you're, like, doing your day-to-day work and, like, someone asks you a question and you're like, ah, yes, I have the answer to that. I will tell you how to do the thing. And then they go away and you're like, ha, they did it. The weird thing for me is being a librarian is my professional title and I am about to turn 26 and I'm at the same level as someone in their, like, late 40s. That was the weirdest thing for me working at Fox. Being the youngest person there, but having like the same responsibilities and being on the same level as, as all those people. Mm-hmm. And you do get the feeling that like in their minds, you're really not. In right. their oh, minds. No. Not at all. No. And it, in it, my mind, I'm really not. <laughs> it's kind of frustrating sometimes when you do have the answer to something and you know that it's the right answer and you're like, this is the way we need to be doing it. And that 40 year old's like, okay, what do you know? And it's like, I know this. I wouldn't say it out loud so firmly if I didn't know it for 100% certain. The most terrifying and most, like, successful moment of your life is when people seek you out for a specific thing. They're like, who can can help me with this? And they're like, oh, Jez can help me with this. And then they go straight to you. That or was, in my case, me. <laughs> that was my experience when, I, like I said, I interned at the, the station that I worked at. And then, like, the next summer after I had been on, the interns were like, okay, how do you do this? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> oh, no, it's me. I'm, I'm the one who knows things. This was, it was only a summer ago that I, that I was the mm-hmm. one who didn't know things. That doesn't seem like enough time for me to be answering your questions. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't do too shabby. Because I've, I've had uh, interns write me and tell me how much I helped them and ask for a letter mm-hmm. of recommendation, which was my, like, big like proud moment like this person thinks of me an adult as an adult and not only as an adult but like an adult who like can help her okay so i was an assistant manager at a movie theater and uh one of i guess my previous employees um some guy that was a staff leader there uh was getting another job and was like called me up and was like can i use you as a reference and blah 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 and he's like what's what's your email address and I was like, mintypineapple at gmail.com, because that's my email address. And then he was like, oh, uh, I'm probably not going to use you. <laughs> you need a more professional email, Joe. Yeah, well, I mean, that's my business. It's Minty Pineapple Entertainment, right? So. Mm-hmm. You need Joe Heath at mintypineapple.com. I could, never, I could never get my email system to work. You should look into it. Yeah. Because Joe Heath, I mean, that sounds like that's a guy who owns something. That's perfect. That's what you put on your business card. Yeah. For those who are listening, Jez just put on some sunglasses and she <laughs> looks pretty badass. She does look pretty badass. They were just sitting here in the media lab. Are they yours? They look like they belong no, to a small not. child. I mean, like I'm on Jez's sure face, which means they belong to a very you, small child. You probably <laughs> got some cooties. Look at this then. How many sunglasses wow. are in there? Just two. Oh. Oh. I just thought there was like a but, stack of sunglasses. But... <gasps> it's a pinwheel. There's also a pinwheel that got left in here. It's pretty snazzy. I want to know what was going on in there. Was there a party? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Anyone could have been filming or recording anything. I'm easily excitable. <laughs> this is how you know you're an adult. Today... I got unbelievably excited that the bridge project during my commute is no longer under construction. (laughs) This is a major win for me. It's going to save me like 10 minutes on my drive every day. I'm so excited. The first time I felt like an adult was when I got a dishwasher for my birthday. And I was like, 
Yes! Oh, no. Either way, I was super excited. Mm -hmm. I was like, I get to do dishes at a faster pace. Yes. <laughs> I got really nice Pyrex like containers for Christmas last year. And I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, or you're like at a, like a store and instead of being in the, the movies and games and stuff like that, you're like looking at vacuum cleaners. <laughs> you're like, look at that one. It's got like swirly shit. That was my, proud, my proudest moment was when Joe and I, we just moved into our apartment together. We didn't own anything. And we went out and we bought a TV and we like went <laughs> through the process of like, well, I like I I like these things about this TV, but not these things. Mm -hmm. And let's pick it out. And I was like, we brought it home, and I was like, this is such a large purchase, and we own <laughs> yeah. it forever now, because we can do that. Yeah. For me, it was when I bought my couches. We got our couch off Craigslist. <laughs> my dad's not Craigslist. I mean, we got it from someone on the internet who gave it to us for free. Craigslist was just shorthand yeah. for that. <laughs> I know. I I bought two love seats, and it was. The decision between my old roommate and I, like, okay, these are things that we can decide on. They're moderately comfortable. They're like 300 bucks, which I'm pretty sure it was 300 total for both of them, which was an amazing deal. And I'm just like, okay, fine, we need couches, whatever. And I had them in our apartment for a while. And now I have them still, and I'm just like, you know, this was an amazing purchase. I did a really good job. I love these couches. <laughs> so what advice would you give someone just entering their 20s? Don't do it. <laughs> or what do you wish that someone would have told you? Send all of your money in an envelope to Minty Pineapple <laughs> Entertainment. No. Um, I, I mean, I probably was given it, and I was just like, I know better. Um, but to do things. Like, yeah. you have free time. You will never have that amount of free time ever again. If there's a place you want to go, go there. Do Hang out with your friends. If there's something you want to do do it. I would also say try to do stuff by yourself. Get used to that. That's actually really freeing. I started going to the movies by myself. That is an amazing experience for me. I remember yeah. I remember when I, way back when I was in college, there was a couple of things. Like, Bill Nye came to visit. He gave a talk. <laughs> no one wanted to go, and I was like, well, I'm not gonna not go see Bill Nye. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, I went to go do that. And that, my mom mm -hmm. told me, she's like, I just, I'm just really impressed that you, you know, do stuff by yourself if you want to do it you, you know nothing stops you and i'm like well yeah, yeah. what just because someone like, else isn't there that seems like a cruddy reason not to go well it's it's become social convention that you only go to the movies with someone you can't go by yourself mm. and then i went by myself i'm like no one cares that i'm here by myself you know i'm happy i get to see this movie and um not to name not to name anybody but I have some really terrible friends for going to see movies with. Like, they just talk through things, mm. or they, they're they too loud, or they miss things. And even if they're watching, they'll turn to me and like, what happened? Who is that? What's going on? And I'm just like, I just want to watch a movie alone. I want to I want to enjoy this experience. And I feel like I can do that when I'm by myself. I think mm. it's weird that, like, movies are viewed as a social thing because they're not. After the movie... Like, sure. if you go if you go see a movie and then go out to dinner and talk about the movie, but, like, mm -hmm. it's weird to me that we, like, get a huge group of people together and then sit silently next to each other. Yeah, for me, that's, like, the worst possible date that you could go on yeah. is to only see a movie. Like, if you're doing dinner afterwards, that's fine. Yeah, if yes, you're only going to see a movie, it's like, let's just go and sit in the dark for two hours and not talk to each other. Right, you might as well stay at home and watch movies, and then you yeah. can cuddle and, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, but there's something I want to say. Um, 
in addition doing stuff by yourself that also applies creatively because when i was younger and i was i pretty much everything i did like filmmaking wise i was doing with other people i would like write with my dad and then i started writing with this guy i know in sweden and i still write with them but I started doing a project called The Projectionist Project where I did movie reviews. And it was the first time that I really sort of wrote by myself. I didn't have any other writing partners. And it was, like, incredibly eye-opening. Like, I can mm -hmm. do this by myself. Before, I mean, I could have been like, yeah, I write, but I have people do it with me. So I don't feel like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a writer, per se. So it's, all, it's good to do these things by yourself so that you know that you can do them. J just you. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, like, working collaboratively or anything like that. But it's also just nice to know that if it comes to it, you can do these things by yourself and get it done. You have confidence mm -hmm. in your own skills. Tony, do you have any other advice? <laughs> or what do you wish someone had told you? I'll tell you one thing that I, I'm glad I did, which is put money away. I've always been kind of money-minded. I've, I've always put a certain amount away and that's really helpful when you're 26 years old and you suddenly lose your job but it's okay because you've been saving since you were 16. I always wanted to have like at least a grand in the bank. That was like my goal. I didn't, I okay. couldn't always but when I, like whenever I did I was like yes I'm winning. <laughs> it was a game. Every little bit I save I'm like leveling up. That's how I think about it. Where I'm like, right okay. now I'm like stuck and I can't level up and it's driving me a little crazy. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, no, no, you're just coming up to a boss battle, that's all. That's, yeah. You're, you're getting I'm about XP, to, but not money. Yeah, I'm about yeah. to level up hardcore, I think. We'll see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but yeah, put a little bit away. I mean, when you're older, all of your money is going to be going to boring things like staying alive. Um, so you're never <laughs> going to have like the disposable income that you have. So use that. But also put stuff away because you will be so happy... You know, when the car you bought at 16 finally dies and you can buy yourself a, a real car, <laughs> a nice car, <laughs> it'll be amazing and you'll be so proud of yourself. I would say that was probably my big milestone was buying a brand new car for myself. My family has had the worst luck with cars for so long. Like, we always just bought, um, you know, the cheapest thing. It's already got, you know, 80,000 miles on it, maybe more. Like, whatever's going to get us through the next three years, that was all we needed. And now, I'm like, my last car, I poured so much money into because it was constantly breaking down. It was really a choice between, okay, I can spend $1,500 on this right now and get it fixed, and I'll maybe get another 5,000 miles out of it, or I can put that money into a brand new car. That's where And we I went, are. and I got a car loan, and I have a brand new car, and I am in love with it. I have never regretted that at any point. Even now when I'm spending, you know, a couple hundred dollars on it every month for my car loans and I feel super poor, I'm just like, you know what? That's okay because I use that car every day. I love that car. That was an investment. Yeah. That is something I'm going to keep. <laughs> also practice things. If you want to do things, start practicing them now. Don't wait. Be like, oh yeah, when I'm older, I'm, I want to be a writer, I'll write. Start writing now. Mm -hmm. Any any kind of skill or talent like that that is involved in, in what you see yourself doing in the future, do it every day now. Yeah, just start. Just do it. I mean, I made a feature-length movie when I was 16. It wasn't very good, <laughs> but I did it. That's something that I can say. Hey, I made a movie when I was 16. Well, and you can pull that up and you can look at it and you can see, you know, 
all the way to the latest film he did that was in the Chattanooga Film Festival. And you can see, yeah, when I made that thing at 16, it, well, it wasn't great. <laughs> but you, you have an actual, like, everything from there to, to, to the where he is now, you can see all the improvements. And that's, that, I think that's what And you what can't improve like that without putting in the hours. Right. When yeah. you're younger. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I was a huge one for, if it's not perfect, I don't want to do it. You know, mm-hmm. if I can't, if, if I can't get what I, what I see in my head, exactly the way I see it in my head, I'm not going to bother. And you never, you never get to that point of progression if you never bother. I was going to say, that's one of my bigger regrets is all the times that mm-hmm. I said, no, I can't, I can't get this to be exactly what I want. I'm just going to not try. There's a point where you just have to be like, oh, well, and just do it and finish it and not worry so much about how bad it is Mm because it's going to be rough. It's definitely going to be. But at least now you have a thing that's out there and, like, I can look back and see, see, well, this is something that I need to improve on or this is what Mm -hmm. didn't work and this is what's working and blah, blah, blah. You can sort of see your progress and figure out where to go from there. With the perfectionist thing, my coworker has a saying that, it's better than perfect. It's done. <laughs> yes. That is something I am still trying to learn. Like I really took that to heart because I'm, I was also that perfectionist. Like, oh no, I need to put in more time. I need to make sure this is okay before I submit it. I was like, you know what? It's done. This is what needs to be done. It's already more than was expected. I should just submit it. <laughs> I should just be done with this and move on. <laughs> I really had a crash course in that when I when I started working my first job of being a producer and it's like well this is your deadline ideally you'd have two weeks to work on this but the way things are right now you're only going to get a week and you're going to get it to somewhere where it's going to be viewable and I honestly when I first started how long I thought it took me to edit and how long it actually ended up taking me to edit things was like vastly different where I'm like if I was doing something on my own I'd be like I think it would probably take me like three weeks to do this and it's like no I can do it in a couple hours you get your basics down enough that you're like yeah I can set all this up there's less of like do I want to do this should I do it this way like you know you get your formula down kind of yeah and also like you get it the basic down and then if you have extra time left over you're like well I can do some tweaks and adjustments and then make it a little bit better and a little bit better until it's time to be done and then you've already got the basic like baseline this is usable If something happens and it's like, we actually need that now, you're like, well, here it is. (laughs) It's, if I had, you know, if I had more time, there was more I would do with it, but it's presentable and it's done and now I can move on. So for those who don't know, and we will mention this again shortly, Joe and Tony run their own podcast where they watch every episode of classic Doctor Who and review them. So, as someone who's just starting a podcast, you have already helped me so much. You're even recording your own sound right now until I can figure out how to record from Skype like everyone else does. Uh, we don't know um, how to do, do you that. Have any... <laughs> well, I've been told that it's not great quality. Uh, but as people who have their own podcast, which is now established, do you have any advice for running a podcast? Uh, my advice would be don't get too bogged down in hoping that it's popular hoping that it does well like it should if you're doing a podcast I feel like it should be something you're passionate about and I wouldn't worry too much about statistics and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. if it happens that's great if it doesn't you're still doing something that you enjoy and maybe it'll eventually get out there I actually say that about any creative project you do just do it because you like doing it don't worry too much about because you can get a little like 
bogged down and like this doesn't have enough views mm. and it's make it'll make you sad and stuff and so I tend to not like care about that stuff because I know if I do I'm setting myself up for huge disappointments. <laughs> that shouldn't, Just in be, general. That that shouldn't, shouldn't be, be the gauge that you use for success, I mm-hmm. feel like. That's a perfectly good gauge to use yeah. for sponsors. But beyond <laughs> that, it's have fun. That's my goal, is just, I'm going to do this because I want to do something collaboratively with my friends. I want to interview people. I want to support people and get their names out there a little bit. But I just want to do something fun and more creative than what I'm doing already. Right. Um, I don't have any advice because you probably already know more than me. That is not true. (laughs) This is my first recording for myself. I've guested on two podcasts, and I had to do no work except show up. One of them was our podcast. How many do you plan to have, like, in the can before you launch? Uh, That is an excellent question. (laughs) (laughs) Probably two would be a good start. I think that's good. We had three, three, and we let it get caught up to us for a little bit. And we were like, oh, okay, now we have to okay. do three more again real quick. Do try to stay ahead. Plan backups. I mean, I'm sure you'll have, like, three or four ideas going at any time. But we've had, right. we had people where it's like, okay, well, if they cancel, we'll have to just do this instead. It's mm-hmm. pretty easy for us if, if somebody cancels because we can we'll be just like, well, we'll just do it. Yeah, that's kind of where I am. Like, I am fully prepared to do some of these completely by myself. It's just that right now so many people want to do them. And I'm at the point where I have enough ideas, and I've already got a lot of people signed up for specific podcasts they want to do, where I could probably shuffle the order a little bit if I need to. We can't shuffle our order. <laughs> no, we're, we are stuck. The good thing about, about our podcast is that it's, there's, there's no like pre-production that goes into it. We don't have to like come up with topics and, and get resources and stuff. It's like, well, we watched it. I formulated opinions. Things. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the hardest thing for us sometimes, uh, specifically dealing with the guests, is that sometimes we've watched the episode and it takes a little while to get the guests to... To, to watch to, it to as wa- well. Well, to either watch mm-hmm. it or, like, to record it. Like, we have to, like, schedule with them. And by the time we get to recording the episode, we're like, oh, what happened? I don't remember. <laughs> we watched that a week ago. I think ago. there was a Dalek? I, maybe there was I a giant I did that for you bug. when I came back on, like... I definitely watched that, and by the time we got around to record, I'm like, I should watch that again. Yeah. And then I did watch it, like, the night before, and I still forgot things. <laughs> yeah, everybody go listen to Jez's episode of the Watchathon of Rassilon. It's, uh, I think, episode 10, The Dalek Invasion of Earth. I think so. It, it is currently our most viewed episode. The guests we've had that have shared it have had a significant yeah. bump, like you and Ben and Vince. Mm-hmm. That's coming up for me, too. Is like We have a topic about how it's your hustle years and how you have to really work to promote yourself you can't just put your work out there and expect everyone to find it you have to really work so when you're doing things where you can promote others that's even better that's what networking is mm. if you promote them then hopefully they'll promote you or help you in some other way yeah because it's really difficult to just put your stuff out there and like even like putting it other places it, it is good to have like a network of people because if you just put your stuff out there i feel like there's this sort of common like Oh well, this is some just some dude on the internet. Like it's probably amateur mm-hmm. amateurish, and like I feel like there's this preconceived like it's gonna be awful thing. So if you have other people verify it in a way, like mm-hmm. uh, I was involved in this thing, go watch it, and then like the like you do that, like it sort of builds this like confidence in the product in a way. 
Whereas mm-hmm. if it's just some dude posting links on the internet to like forums and stuff. Which is honestly how we all start. Yeah. <laughs> so any project start, like for me, um, How to Grow the Fuck Up actually started way before that site. And I was doing these um, adult 101 posts on a different blog. And they were really just going up and I would post about them everywhere else and I would link to them and I would get maybe like three of my closest friends who would actually take a look at it. Right. I remember I had like a kind of surreal experience because I knew you had the adulting blog and I like, I knew that, yes. I knew that you ran it and then like after a while, how to grow the fuck up started to come, like I started to see it on my dash and I was like, is this what was before? <laughs> like I knew it was you, like intuitively. I was like, was this the blog she had before? This seems different. And it, like, confused me for a second. Yeah. I somehow figured it out pretty early on that it was you, too. And I don't even know how. I mean, I just knew. I'm pretty sure you were following me from the beginning. Probably. I, I think you would, like, occasionally not so subtly hint at it, but not You would, like, promote it. Yeah, yeah. When, we, when we first started this, I was doing the blog with someone else. And we had kind of decided, okay, we're going to keep this a little bit secret because we want it separate. We don't know what kind of reaction we're going to get from this. And so it was like the secret blog, but it was like not at all a secret <laughs> for me because I would reference it all the time. Yeah. And then and now it's absolutely not a secret. I have people following me on both blogs. It's actually kind of sad how few people followed me uh-huh. to my real blog. So far, they've all come for the red pandas. <laughs> We've gotten a bunch of followers from your blog. Is it different now that, like, your name is attached to it and your face is attached to it for you? Uh, no, I'm... Well, it is different, but it's much better, I would say. It, it feels really good to put my name on something that I've worked so hard for for the last almost two years. And, I mean, I put significant work into that every day. And I've written so much. And it's nice to see that I have all these followers, and it's nice to see my name on there and it's really cool that I get to take that experience of me just blogging on the internet and it is now on my LinkedIn page. Yeah. Nice. At what point did it start to feel like legit to you? <laughs> Where you're like, this is a real professional thing that I'm doing. When it became work. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sad, but that's the, probably the truest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> when we first started out, it was really, we would write a guide and we would just put it out there and we would do like one here and maybe like a month and a half later we'd write this little one and then two months later we'll write this other thing and we'll fill it in every now and again with a couple posts. Like it was not at all consistent and there was no interaction there. And then we got a couple of followers, like about 30 people that follow me everywhere. And it was them and then people started sharing things and then all of a sudden we just like exploded. We got 10,000 followers in one night who set that off, do you know? Like, was there one person? I don't think there was one person. I think we each shared it on our own things, and then 10 of those people shared it on theirs, and then 10 from there, and it just went all over the place. And then we're like, oh, we need to be generating content. Like, we need to write some guides. We need to come up with a plan for this. And now we have an inbox full of questions we have to answer. And I'm at the point where I get about 75 messages a day. Oh my gosh. That even if I don't answer them, I have to at least sit down and go through them. It is a lot of work. So you're going to do a podcast on top of it. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I approached everyone's like, I should definitely not be doing this. <laughs> but this is what I want to do. Do you want to help? 
Will you be answering questions on your podcast? Absolutely not. Uh, no? If you want to ask questions about how to grow the fuck up, ask it on the blog. <laughs> There's a time and place for that. I haven't even launched this podcast yet, but I have somewhat started promoting it online by saying it is not going to be about how-tos, it's not going to tell you what to do, but it's going to give you a more accurate look at what your 20s actually are. You're going to be buying a car and looking for an apartment, and you're going to be finding jobs and working, but here's what happens in between all of those things. This is what your 20s actually feel like. That's a good pitch. <laughs> Subscribe! I'm Can sold. I be in it? <laughs> yes! Let's start right now. <laughs> all right, well, let's get the very end of the podcast here. Let's do it. So... Each episode, uh, we are going to go over our adulting wins. That's one of my favorite parts of my blog. People get to submit their adulting wins. I like to celebrate people and their accomplishments, even if they're really, really little. (laughs) So what is your adulting win for this week, Joseph Heath? Okay, well, I've kind of got two. Then I have two also. I have a a creative one and a work one. I'll start with the boring one. I work at Barnes & Noble and they just trained me how to do book returns. I did so many book returns today that the guy in receiving was like, Wow, you did a lot of book returns. (laughs) These shelves are almost empty. That's, uh, you you did a really good job. And I was like, hell yeah, I did. All right. Go Joe. I I was really proud of myself. I'm proud of you too. Aw, thanks internet mom. No, I'm advice mom. Oh, sorry. Advice mom. I thought you were the internet's mom. No, I am the butt-kicking den mother of the internet. <laughs> I'm not going to remember that. Do your business Thanks, cards say Jez. that? No, but I want them oh, to. I, I actually, right now I've been going by, I've been joking, saying that my official title is um, Master of Libraries and Internet Wizard. And I'm pretty sure I introduced myself as such on your podcast. Yeah, yeah but now I'm like, I want a business card that says uh, Mature and Responsible Adults which is currently the gif of the 11th Doctor that I have in my profile on the website. To be <laughs> honest, like, that's the most impressive. I think you could hand that to, like, a 30-year-old and they'd be like, wow, really? Good, we need her. Yeah. <laughs> we need an adult. Oh, have a second win. Oh, for my creative win. I've got two creative wins now that I think about it. Oh, my gosh. I All know. Right. I'm just going to hog this podcast. Hey, um, I've just made a lot of progress. I've... Um, casted and did rehearsals for this new time travel short film I'm going to do so I'm really proud of that I got everybody together everybody's pumped and we did some run throughs and I think it's going to be amazing so I'm super pumped about that that's me like filming filmmaking wise Um, writing wise I pitched an idea to this radio series that's um, coming out it's a sci-fi radio series the creator really liked it and then I did a treatment and he liked the treatment and had some notes. And I'm going to be writing a script for it um, soon. So, like, I've, and he's, like, really, he sounds excited about it. I'm super excited about it. And I'm working on something that I've previously loved. And uh, now I get to actually be a part of it. I'm so yeah. proud of you. That's really exciting. So it's my turn. It's your turn. I have two also yep. as well, even though you had three. My first one, which I've alluded to previously, was I had an interview this week. And it went really awesome, and I know it went really awesome, because I know someone who works there who happens to share an office with the interviewing uh, manager. (laughs) She texted me and said, you did great, they love you. (laughs) If at all possible, do a job interview with a mole. Yeah, it's amazing. It's 
it takes a lot of stress off of you after the interview. <laughs> oh, jeez it. I'm like, I'm nervous saying all that out loud. But that was, that was my big adulting win for the week because job searching sucks and it's soul crushing. Yes. Like just the mm-hmm. act of doing it is like, well, I'm exhausted forever now and want to never move again and also sleep forever. Yeah. That was my that was my bigger adulting win. That's a huge win. I'm I am so excited for you and I'm so proud of you. My other adulting win is that today I, I cleaned out the litter box. Like all like mm. all the way, like completely. Like I dumped all of the litter out and washed it out and put new litter in and like for me that's a I, the the litter box is something I always leave for Joe because I hate it. So today I was like I can I was like riding the high <laughs> Of my last adulting one, I was like, I can do this. I can take care of this thing. It'll be great. And I did. And my cat's happy. Good job. My big win is I cleaned out my closet this weekend, which sounds so dumb, but the problem is I am a thrift shopper, which means <laughs> I get amazing deals. I get the most beautiful dresses for $3. It's fantastic. But then I have a closet that is just packed full of things. So over the weekend, I went through, I organized everything, here's what I'm definitely gonna keep, here's what I'm definitely getting rid of, here are my maybe pile, I tried on everything in my maybe pile, I made decisions, I made hard decisions, and I put everything back in, and I got rid of so much. I have a garbage bag that is like about to burst, it's so full of stuff, because I didn't get rid of anything for a long time, probably since I moved three years ago. But now I feel so much better. (laughs) I thought of a new adult and win. What's your new adulting? We set up our Patreon yes. for our podcast, and we we made a video. It's been up for a while, but we made a video to promote it yesterday. And this morning when we woke up, we had our first patron, and they had mm-hmm. pledged at like the highest level, and I was like amazed. <laughs> I was like, someone is go is, has has planned to pay me money monthly in order to produce something mm-hmm. that they like. And we literally just got another one during the recording of this podcast. Yeah, I think I, like it blows my mind because we put it up like ah, we don't really have a huge audience yet, but it, it's not going to hurt anything to be up. Mm-hmm. And to me, so, the the fact that someone likes it enough that they say, "Yeah, we want to make sure that you are able to keep doing it," like that's that's amazing. Great. <laughs> so we're adults. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even say it with a straight face. I couldn't. Thanks for having us on your podcast. Yeah, Thank you for coming. You guys are my first we guests love it. ever. Bye. Bye. Well, that is a wrap on our first episode. Thank you for sticking around all the way to this point. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please follow the podcast. You can follow us on Tumblr at thatadultfeel.tumblr.com. Uh, you can find me at howtogrowthefuckup.com or on Twitter at H-T-G-T-F-U. You can find our guests, uh, Joe, at Minty Pineapple or MintyPineapple.com. You can follow Tony on Tumblr at Catastrophrise or Boobs Don't Work That Way. Uh, You can listen to both of them and myself on a specific episode at the Watchathon of Rassilon, which you can find on Tumblr at RassilonWatchathon.tumblr.com. If you enjoyed what you were listening to, go ahead and hit subscribe. I would really appreciate it. You can follow this podcast on Tumblr or on iTunes. If you really liked this podcast and you would like to support me, 
You can find me on Patreon at patreon.com slash thatadultfeel, where I have different levels of pledges for each month where you can get different prizes. Uh, you will get access to the patron-only stream with additional content. You can get your name shout out on the podcast or mentioned on our website. You can also get episodes early, or you can get the unedited, uncut editions of this podcast, which are hecka long and probably really embarrassing, but you'll get a lot of really good dirt that you can probably use on any of the guests in the future. This podcast was created and produced by myself, Jess Lehman. The catchy tune you heard at the beginning of this podcast was A Ray of Sunshine by Addict Sound. The lovely melody you are currently listening to is Beautiful Morning by Esther Garcia. Thanks again to both of my guests, Joe and Tony Heath, and thank you for listening. Have a great day, and I'll see you on the internet. I've got a fourth one. My fourth adult win is being on this podcast. Ah.